You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Continue to count it down as we get closer and closer to the 2021 NFL Draft right here. Well, not here specifically because you all know where I'm at, but in Cleveland. The latest Locked On Browns, your host, Jeff Lloyd, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Show itself at Locked On Browns. Follow back account. DMs are open. Best way to get in touch with me. Uh, obviously, you know, we've gotten hit on some things here this week. We had Pete on Monday, single digits. Uh, certain talk about a linebacker in this draft class. We'll just leave that as it, as it is. Uh, we did do go live mock draft last night. Uh, it seems a bunch of people have gotten to that, listened to it and enjoyed it. But if you haven't gotten either of those two episodes, go ahead and do that. Joining us today, uh, big brother, uh, now a left coaster, Mr. Stephen Thomas of the OBR, hopefully soon getting back to, uh, you know, I'm sure Mrs. Thomas would love to get him out of the house for a weekend or, you know, get him on a cruise for five, six days so she doesn't have to see him anymore. Steve, buddy, how's everything going? Actually, she's reached the point where it's a daily struggle simply not to murder me. So, you know, we, we've gone beyond she would like to get me out of the house to, the, to um, you know, I can see her sitting there going, you know what, I could get a good lawyer. I'd probably get off with a year or something. I can just see the wheels turning in her head. So, yeah, it would be nice if uh, things could get back to normal and I could get back out and tell some, uh, some poop jokes for a living again. Well, and the other thing, though, is, is what she's going to say is, you know, and the defense attorney during the trial is going to say, here's his act. And they'll put it on on the TV. <laughs> Could you imagine being locked in the house with this for 17 months? <laughs> and I think, you know, judge will have some sympathy on the fantastic Mrs. Thomas. And, you know, with the uh, those bottles of wine, uh, Steve, there'll only be one glass out now. Well, this now, is true. There'll only be one. And she'll save on wine, too. So that's another plus to this for Mrs. Thomas. We are getting um, dangerously low. We've only got about a dozen bottles in the house right now. So it's uh, I'm hoping FEMA can come through with some emergency supplies. Uh, well, see, this is where you use social media to your advantage. You start tweeting <laughs> these companies, Steve. Um, but, Steve, first what I want to talk about here. Um, now, look, obviously, Steve, big fan of the draft, big fan of Cleveland Browns. Uh, you know, Ohio, you know, your native home. What's it like? Um, you know, a few years ago, the NFL has gone with this idea of, you know, moving the NFL draft out of New York City and going to, you know, host cities. And, you know, I believe we all know where this is eventually going to lead to where the NFL draft will be in Los Angeles probably every year. Um, eventually, you know, I mean, I think they'll be nice and, you know, play the rounds, so to speak, until we get there. But what's it like? I mean, the Browns are relevant. Um, there's going to be a way for fans to be involved. Uh, any of you guys, you know, running a 40 or trying to kick a field goal, please, somebody have some cameras on this thing. Because I want to see the first <laughs> I want to see the first putz who slips on his ass, who thinks he can, you know, kick a ball 35 yards because, you know, he saw it on television. But, Steve, what's this all like for, I mean, you know, to think about, you know, A, you know, where Cleveland has come as a city, where it's come as a sports city. And, you know, everybody, well, I guess not everybody because it's not going to go that way. But a lot of people flocking to it, and obviously with the Browns being relevant, it brings a lot more local flavor to it. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty darn cool uh, that this is the year 
that uh, that it finally came to Cleveland. Um, couldn't couldn't have picked a better from an on field product. Couldn't have picked a better time. I wish we were six months or so further along, just so the city could you know really show off its full colors. You know, spread its peacock colors and really show what a great town it is. Because uh, you know, I mean. Cleveland's been the butt of jokes since since I was born. Since before I was born, you know everybody makes fun of Cleveland, and I remember from being little the mistake by the lake and the you know the river caught on fire and yada yada yada. <laughs> and it's you know what I, I when I was young, uh, I and growing up, I always I didn't mind. I don't I can't speak for everybody else, but I was like, yeah, go ahead, make fun of it all you want. That means we get to keep it to ourselves because it's really just a tremendous tremendous town with. Uh, you know, so many great restaurants. It's got it's got a fantastic food scene that you you really would think is more New York or Chicago or Boston or something like that. It's got uh, more nightlife than you'd think if you'd never been there. Uh, and it's just filled with super people. I mean, just the nicest people that you'd ever want to meet. Um, so much great Italian food. A lot of Italian immigrants, you know, 100 years ago settled. Uh, in Cleveland, my family, I, you know, my family, when I was little, the the second and third generation Americans were still there. Some of the ones that were off the boat were still alive when I was little. So I remember, you know, big family gatherings, the uh, bocce ball, the homemade wine. I was the tallest person in my family by the time I was seven. You know, it was uh, it was <laughs> tremendous. And we weren't far. We were far from the only family like that. So even today, I mean, you go to little Italy, obviously, you know, there's a cluster, but there's all over the city, just absolutely tremendous Italian and Greek and, you know, very ethnic uh, pockets where you can get tremendous food and people are nice and there's a sense of community. I think it's going to be a blast. I think it's good. I think the city is going to do a fantastic job. The smart ass, cool kids on social media are going to make snarky remarks regardless of what happens, but they do that anyway. They wake up every day and choose violence as the saying goes. But um, I will be shocked if the reality is it's not a first class event and Everyone has a fantastic time. Like I said at the beginning, though, I wish it had just been a few more months so everything could be open and the city could really show what it uh, what it's all about. I think I think it's going to be fantastic for the city and the team. Well, and I think with what this franchise is doing, what the city is doing, and it's probably probably what Cleveland, Ohio has done forever. Um, we're going to do more with less, and it's just the way it goes. And I, you know, from you know, there's things I can't tell you, but things I've spoken to, people I've spoken to, um, there have some th- been some things that have been obviously had to be scaled back a little bit. Sure. Um, but there are some surprises that, you know, people do not know about and they won't know about until, you know, they get down there. Um, if you have the opportunity, um, hey, make sure you're vaccinated, still mask up, uh, try to do the best you can to keep your, you know, your distance from everybody else. But it's going to be a hell of a party. And the one thing I know, about the city of Cleveland is so many of you have embraced me as one of your own. And the other thing I know is that there's not a reason, a rhyme or a reason. City of Cleveland says, Hey, it's time to party by all means. Let's party. So that should, it should be exciting. And look, obviously there's there, it's not as influential for the Browns this draft as it's been in years past, which is good because everybody can kind of just soak in the moment, the atmosphere of it all as opposed to trying to rip their hair out for the first 25 picks saying, we needed that guy. Oh, God, we didn't get that guy. Oh, no, it's over. The boat sank. You know what? Light the river, light the lake on fire again. 
Um, but it should be a tremendous time. Everybody, by all means, you have the opportunity, you have the means, go ahead and soak it all up. We're going to get to Steve here for a couple more things. Uh, this this four picks within the top 100, this could be you know something that you know I don't want to say shapes the 2021 season, but it's going to be a big part of it. We'll talk a little bit about day three. More coming here. Jeff Lloyd, Stephen Thomas on your latest Locked On Browns. The Improved Bill Bar is even deliciouser. 18 amazing flavors, including nut and non-nut flavors. Six new flavors, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They are soft and they are easy to chew. Bill Bar is great for the health-conscious guy or gal. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, they are great with the keto diet. The flavor profile for your coconut almond bar, 18 grams of protein, 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, 5 grams net carbs. Go to BuiltBar.com right now. Use the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Steve, this is a draft as many years we've been doing Lockdown Browns and as much as you've been a part of it. Unlike any other, we've talked about, oh, well, now it's, you know, foundation. Now it's furniture. Now it's it's a couple of accent pieces. Do you want to put fake yellow flowers in that vase? Or you want to know what? You know, I don't I don't like those drapes. We're down to the ticky-tacky stuff here. The foundation is in place. The bulk of everything is in place. The talent is here. Another great free agent haul done by Andrew Barry. And still trying to wrap my head around the fact we have all these arguments almost on the daily on social media about pick 26, even still, 26, 59, 89, 91. And if everything breaks right, Steve, we're talking about players who are not guaranteed anything. And if everything goes perfectly, we'll not be starting week one for this franchise. Yeah, it's definitely possible depending on what happens here, the rest of free agency. I mean, you know, I think pretty much everybody uh, expects at least one more move. Um, and we, all that happens, we, think, we all know who we think and hope it is. Right. Yeah. At least one more. I, I firmly expect them actually to sign a starting level corner as well. Uh, and maybe it's, you know, Steven Nelson type, but maybe it's more of a, you know, a Casey Hayward or an AJ Bouye or somebody like there are guys out the longer there. That Casey are, Hayward's out there. The, the more that price probably comes a little bit more into the Brown striking distance. Right. And I know there are people out there, they hear these names and they go, oh, well, they should have signed, you know, and then they rattle off the stud guys. Well, yeah, but those guys Patrick are Patrick Peterson, now. Richard Sherman, blah, blah, right. blah. It's, it, these are not star, like, you know, they're not going to come in and change the makeup of your team and change the direction of your franchise, but they're competent starters. They can come in, they can do the job, and that's basically all you need because – with those four picks that you talked about, I think all of us would be really, really surprised if at least one edge and at least one corner, probably two corners in my mind, are, don't come out of those four picks. Um, assuming they make them all you know, somewhere near the spots where they are. That's the thing with this draft. There's so much up in the air, and it's such a weird year with the lack of information and the gaps in tape and 
we, we have no idea what they're going to think of the opted out guys, if that's going to matter at all, if it's going to matter a ton, there's, you know, there's so much up in the air, but if they could get, you know, at 26, you're talking about hoping for somebody from the group of, you know, maybe Ojolari or Newsom or uh, Samuel or, um, you know, I, I think uh, uh, Pay has started to drop in a few mocks. I don't know if that's real or not, but if he's there, he should be in the, in the conversation. Joseph Asai should be in the conversation. So, you know, th- there's a lot of options at 26, uh, far more than we've had in years past when we've been picking in the top 10 uh, when value pr- priced out, you know, 95% of the draft. Um, and then th- what I think a lot of people really need to, to steal their emotions for is at 26, there, my money's on leaning towards moving down a bit just because most teams don't have 32 first round grades. Most teams don't have 20 first round grades and, and, a, and a front office like the one we have that relies so much on data, it, the odds that they have 26 guys and one of them is still there. I think are in, in this year, in this draft cycle, would be astronomical for that to yeah. be the case. Now, uh, you know, again, w- with the wild card of this year, you have to put the effect uh, or the chance out there that somebody they have picked in the top five, somebody else, you know, the other teams don't trust the the medicals or they don't trust the tape or they were an opt out or some freaky stuff can happen in a year like this, even freakier than normal. But it seems if you forced me right now to put my chips down on something, that's what I would put my chips down on a move down from 26 and then a move up from either 59 or the, you know, the 89, 91 combo would make sense to me um, to get more guys in the top 75 this year and pick up one, hopefully two top 100 uh, draft assets for next year. So a perfect world. I mean, for me, Ojolari has been my edge one for a long time. Uh, Dane Brugler's beast just came out. He has Ojolari as edge one in there. If he was still around at 26, I'd be tickled. Uh, and then at 59, you're looking at, you know, probably corner. You're hoping one of your corner guys is somewhere or, you know, close enough that you can get a small move up. You can nab Samuel in the forties where some mocks have him going. Uh, Melifonwu. Uh, I know Eric Stokes has a lot of fans uh, in that general range. And then, you know, once you get to the 89-91 combo, you're hoping, uh, you know, maybe it, maybe a Nazeraldine or an Andre Sisco is still there or um, uh, Paulson Adebo. I really have, have grown to like – there's a lot of projection involved. But, I, said th- I said this to Pete last night. Paulson Adebo, it seems like two years ago, he was like the name right. at the cornerback position. Um, obviously, a lot within the world has gone on. But you almost think that, like, this is something where, you know, a front office like this and a coaching staff like this is going to be like, well, I don't know why anybody ever fell off the kid's wagon. We'd love to get him in here. Right. Yeah. And I mean, from a measurable standpoint, you know, he's right there with anybody. It's just like we said, he opted out. His 2019 was good, not as great as his 2018. So there is a bunch of projection there. I get the hesitation. But if he's around there, uh, it wouldn't bother me in the least. And, you know, uh, you know, your guy and my guy, I know we both like Milton Williams quite a bit. He's literally anywhere from 50 to 135 on these boards. Right. I, I have no idea where he's going to go. I have no earthly clue where he's going to go. So if he is around in that 89-91 combo, he's beastly. I would love to have him there. And he's so versatile. He can. I think he's more of an edge that plays inside, even though he played inside more uh, in college. But, uh, you know, the fact that he can do both, you know, I love versatility. So if they can come out with me that gives me that replacement for Sheldon Richardson vibe, 
Now, obviously, Sheldon will be here this year, last year of his deal. But you have this guy at this size with this athleticism who can do more than one thing. Right, exactly. And I think that the key for everybody, because we all have our favorites and we're all going to be, you know, it would it's human nature to be disappointed if your favorite is gone and they go with another guy at the position. But the, the thing for all of us to remember is they got a lot of options. You know, I mean, I listed how many five, six guys at 26 that we'd be happy with. And there's probably another half a dozen more that other people would like. Same thing at 59, same thing at 89, 91. So if they come out with guys that they think can at least rotationally contribute, if not step in and, you know, challenge for a starting role uh, with those four picks at edge, corner, and then, you know, throw in a hybrid safety or maybe a wide receiver. I know that, that Pete loves uh, uh, the wide receivers in the top 100. I do too. I don't know if they're going to go for one in the top 100, but they very well could. But it, it, there's so many options that they could come out with that even if they don't get your favorite guys, at the end of day two, when you sit back and look at the hall, I, I'm going to be really surprised if we're not all going, yeah, yeah, I'll take that. that. That was pretty damn good. I like it. Maybe it wasn't my perfect draft, but boy, they got some really good guys that I'm excited to see step on the field in September. Well, I think the thing is going to be, especially with these, you know, with day one, day two, these four selections within the top 100 is, you know, and the way they do their homework and the way they do their diligence is, is just, you know, do one of these as we go into Saturday. You know what? Anything after here is house money because it's probably truly going to be about these first these first four picks because then a lot of it will be what you have in camp and, you know, who makes it, who doesn't necessarily make the cut. We're going to get to day three, though. But, folks, I mean, I got to tell you, with each passing day, I get a little bit more and more excited. Maybe it's because the weather's nicer. Maybe because the sun is staying out a little bit later. Um, but yeah, the juices are flowing. Um, and as my Mets are getting piss pounded eight one right now by the Phillies, um, usually I ask the Mets just to get me to camp. Um, as much talent as they have, maybe that won't be the case, but we will see. Got one more segment we're going to get to here with Steve and for junkies like Steve and me day three, this is where, this is what makes or breaks. And, you know, you can cover a lot of warts sometimes as a front office, if you can, you know, Hit on a couple of scratch-offs, a couple of flyers on day three. We'll get to all that. Jeff Lloyd, Stephen Thomas, on your latest Locked on Browns. Just because football season is over does not mean you can continue to enjoy your sports wagering. There's only one place that has you covered and only one place we at Locked on recommend. BetOnline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at BetOnline.ag. Use the promo code Locked On for your 50% welcome bonus, whether it's the NBA, whether it's the NHL, whether it is NFL draft prop bets, and even MLB. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use the promo code Locked On to receive your 50% welcome bonus. Bet online, your online sports book experts. Steve, day three, and this for the Browns, and we'll see what's left of the selections uh, of the nine. I'd, I'd rather find a way to maybe, like you said, maneuver around a little bit. You know, if you want to move up in this draft, that's fine. You want to add a couple. You know, I think they always want to be in that position where they can go into every draft on the plus side, eight, nine, ten picks whatsoever. A mm-hmm. couple of names, a couple of thoughts here of guys that obviously – 
maybe won't be relied upon in 2021, but you know, you, you look, maybe you're going to have to develop another interior offensive lineman headed towards 22, the wide receiver position. This is where maybe we can start talking about grooming another linebacker, not at 26 people, day three, perhaps, if there's somebody that you like. And also you have to think about the fact that people you're looking at here on day three, the Browns weren't able to keep all you know all of the special teams players that they had and they liked. You're going to need to bring some guys in here to mm-hmm. do those things, and this is maybe where day three is going to start to answer some of those questions. Yeah, absolutely. It's one of the guardrails that nobody likes to talk about, and it's uh, churn the bottom of the roster. Uh, everybody likes to talk about the age guardrails and you know durability and you know character and and they're, they're all very important. But churn the bottom of the roster is right there and. Basically, what that means is, you're, like you said, your special teams guys are young, hungry, hopefully super athletic guys that are just out there trying to earn a paycheck, just trying to get a foothold in the league. The, you know, they're not the, the guys that are getting invited to Cleveland for, for day one. You know, these are the guys that just want a shot, and they will just go nuts once they get it. And you know, they'll be, those are your gunners. These are your, uh, you know, your special uh, teams guys that, that just go out there and earn their living that way. But I think there, since we have two picks early on day three, we got 110 and 132. And I know you and I like to talk every year about the leftovers. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, the first dozen to 20-ish picks of day three are usually guys with day two grades that got squeezed out, you know, just simply from a numbers perspective or, you know, whatever, for whatever reason, but they're day two graded guys. And there's a few guys I see like that, uh, Amir Smith-Marset, uh, is in that uh, that group, Trill Williams. Uh, your guy, Anthony Schwartz, seems to be there. Uh, Talanoa Hafanga, for whatever reason, is still early day three on a lot of boards that I see. I don't know if it's the medicals or what, but he's a guy that, you know, if he's around at that 110 or 132, I would freaking love it. Uh, Garrett Wallow, uh, my guy for a long time. You're speaking of linebackers. Uh, you mentioned interior offensive line. Uh, two guys in particular, though. There's a few out there. Drew Dahlman is one of them. Uh, but two guys in particular that I've had my eye on, David Moore from Grambling and uh, Kendrick Green from Illinois. And there's probably people out there saying, oh, well, we got one of the best offensive lines. Why are you looking at – well, we do. We do. And that's fantastic. But you always have to look a year or two ahead. JC's north of 30. Uh, Joel Batonio is almost 30. We don't know what's going to happen with uh, um, uh, the contract of um, – oh, God, I'm blanking. Uh, Wyatt. Guard. Wyatt Teller, thank you. Uh, hopefully they find a way to get it done. I think they will. Um, but it's going to be at the expense, most likely, of somebody. Right, and well, and that's the thing, and we don't know that. Until we know what happens, you know, right now, there there are some in-house options that they like. Uh, uh, Drew Forbes coming back from the opt-out is, is among them on the interior offensive line. But if you have a chance to to watch David Moore and Kendrick Green, go do it because they're – fantastically athletic and seem like perfect fits for this. Get them a year of learning and then maybe, you know, they ease your contract and decisions uh, moving forward. Um, This wide receiver class is crazy deep. Uh, We don't know if they're going to be looking on day three, but there's going to be options. Like I said, Amir Smith, Marset, Anthony Schwartz, Daz Newsom on day three is interesting. Jalen Darden has a lot of fans. I don't know if they're going to go with the five, seven guy, but boy, is he fun to watch. Uh, deep name that Browns fans might want to keep their in their head, Jonathan Adams Jr. from yep. Arkansas State. 
um, big, athletic, not the burner type, but he gets open deep. He's one of those guys that just knows how to get open, and he's a beast at the catch point. So I, I don't know. I, you know, I don't know if they're going to be looking for people like that. Christian Uphoff, there's another guy. <clears throat> if you're looking at the um, positionless, you know, slash hybrid slash safety linebacker types, from Illinois State, uh, he's uh, he's pretty good. He's listed on day three. And then I know that you like it like I do, maybe not as the only edge option, but if they've already drafted one early, looking at a guy like Janarius Robinson or maybe Victor Demukeji from Duke. Um, I don't know if they're going to be looking at tight ends, but Trey McKitty and Quentin Morris have long caught my eye as athletic guys. Of course. And that's a, uh, a long-term position. It takes a long time for, for, for college guys to adjust to the NFL at tight end. So getting them in the pipeline early in case one of the current occupants is not here after this year or next year uh, might be a good idea. And then, of course, well, the running you backs. Got, you got to think there's going to be a decision to be made between 85 and 81 after the 21 season, yes. It, would, it makes sense. I mean, we could be wrong. Maybe they'll keep them both for the next seven years. I, who knows? But it makes – perfect sense to, and and planning ahead seems to be something that this front office likes to do and they're they're pretty good at it and then there's just you know you want to talk about day three running backs that could come in and do the job there's a million of them wide receiver and running back are producing so many athletic guys in the last few years and it's just yep. going to continue that i mean it's not even worth listing them I, you know elijah mitchell is one of them um uh, there's there's so many guys out there in day three that you watch their tape and you go, yeah, I could see it at 211 or 257 if they keep that. Why not? Um, so th- there's a lot of options, but I think the main thing, if we circle all the way back to the beginning, like you said, if you can get athletic young guys who are hungry and will come in and play those special teams and play them at a high rate, we know what special teams can do. It can change the course of a game, which, of course, can change the course of a season. So I think if they keep their day three picks – I think we're going to see some guys uh, in those gunner positions and similar spots on special teams that come out of those picks. No, I, I couldn't agree with you more. And, you know, again, running back, it's a similar thing to what we're talking about with offensive line. Similar to what we're talking about, you know, right. at defensive line. I mean, defensive line right now, you have Billings, who doesn't have a contract for next year. Milling, uh, Malik Jackson will not. Sheldon Richardson won't. And again, get it. If, and this isn't a sign Nick Chubb or not sign him. You do sign him. Maybe you're not going to want to keep around Kareem Hunt, so, you know, the money he's making. Uh, if you realize you're not going to be able to sign Nick Chubb, again, you'd want this guy in the fold early, you know, so so much is not going right. to be thrown at a rookie when he comes in in 2022. And this is – and with everybody in trade-up, this is not the way analytics and the way smart people do things is you try to give yourself the most – options possible to succeed and after what this front office has done steve in just one year they're not now just going to flip the script they're not now just going to say you want to know what it's patrick Sertan jr or bust i don't care about the next three years no it will never ever be that way because it's just not the foundation the basis of what they believe and we went through this with a former general manager who pissed away a, a bunch of assets. These folks, the way they're programmed, the way they're educated, they're just not going to make these same mistakes. Yeah, you wouldn't think, right? I, I mean, 
you know, and now we're, we're saying all this and then they'll shock us and trade up to four for somebody, you know, but uh, you yeah. know, it's like, but you, if you step back and take emotion out of it and, and look at it logically, you're absolutely right. It just doesn't make a lot of sense from this front office unless they absolutely love some. If they have somebody graded third overall or something and it, you're getting to pick 18, 19, 20, 21, and this guy is still on the board, then I can see it because a trade up from 26 to, you know, let's just say 20 as a, as a nice median point from the late teens to the early 20s, it's not going to cost you your next three drafts, like you said. It's going to cost you something, but it's not going to cost you your next three drafts. But a trade from 26 to 11 or 8 or something like that, I mean, you never say never, but I would be shocked. I would fall down. Um, I think more likely right now, what I – if you if you forced me to guess, I would say a trade from 26 to mid to late 30s makes sense. And then a trade, if there's somebody they love, a move up from 59 to right around 50-ish, maybe late 40s, early 50s, something like that, seems to make a lot of sense. Um, now, if they get somebody to fall to 59 that they like, then that rolls over. And I say a trade from 89.91 up into the mid 70s for somebody they love might make some sense. But a trade up from 26, again, anything can happen, but I'm not putting my money on that. No, I, I, I agree with you. But I, I do think th- there could be a strong possibility of getting double dipping within that top 50 where it's mm-hmm, rich mm-hmm. with edge, it's rip, rip, uh, rich with cornerback. Right. I certainly think, you know, of course, you know, still a couple of weeks and something could happen that could maybe alter that a tiny bit. But I think getting two cracks in that top 50 where the edge should be plentiful um, and the uh, cornerbacks should be plentiful where you're talking about what five corner, five quarterbacks, how many offensive tackles. And we still haven't gotten to the wide receiver class, which could give the Browns a great opportunity to strike in that position due to the fact that there's going to be a lot of teams chasing positions that the Browns really have no interest in, at least at that price. He is Stephen Thomas, part of the OBR. Stephen, Jared, Jake, Lane, all the guys over there do a fantastic job. Make sure you're checking everything out. Make sure you are following at Browns Mock Draft. Uh, Steve, I think we're at, what, day 73, day 74, Getting close billion, to that finish line, my I friend. Think. Yes, I don't know. Yeah, four billion. Yeah, give or take, <laughs> give or take. But getting close to that finish line, my friend. Uh, the show itself, Locked On Browns. Whether it's iTunes, whether it's Spotify, whether it's Odyssey, uh, make sure you are following. We don't use subscribe anymore. Make sure you are following Locked On Browns. Leave those ratings, reviews. Locked On Browns on Twitter at Locked On Browns. Follow back account. DMs are open. Questions, ideas for the show. You guys know you can always shoot me those. Me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Throw a follow over there. Like I said, the juices are flowing. We're getting closer. Pro days are about to wrap up here. Um, and just waiting maybe for you know, some of the bigger names in the industry to maybe drop us some nuggets here as we get closer and closer to April 28th. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.